A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. And now it's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on the Fan. Studios in the Battery Atlantis, the Buck Blue Show here on the fans, 680 and 93.7. Road Dog ready to get to work today. And David Holloway in as our engineer today. Ready to talk a little Ohio State football today, brother. <laughs> well, the only th- Ohio State news that came out was our basketball coach getting fired, so not much going on. <laughs> Well, you got that offensive coordinator thing happening, man. That was uh, that's a big buzz. Woo, baby. It's going to be fun. That's I told sure. you, I think you got the better end of the deal here. 100%. 100%. O'Brien leaving, a little bit of a knucklehead. And you bring in a cat that knows all about offense. Knows about running the dang ball, too. And we got two of the best running backs in the country. So Absolutely. So Valentine's Day is come and gone. And we did some, I know Road Dog got a head start. He took his lady out on uh, the day before Valentine's Day for dinner. Good move, Road Dog. And then yesterday, I took my lovely wife, Kelly, out. We had dinner at 3.30 in the afternoon. So every place was booked up as far as the restaurants go, but not booked up when you're talking about 3.30 in the afternoon which worked out really well because Braden was in his first high school track meet yesterday, Wesleyan. And so we went to the Jay Christopher's there at Peachtree Corners, which was just down the street and went and hung out. Wrestling ended, Road Dog, and we jumped right into track and field. And, you know, you are a busy family over there with those Honey, sports. And- no rest for the weary, brother. Rhett's uh, out of town. He's down in Macon for the state championship wrestling. He's not wrestling. Came up just one win shy, but down there checking things out. Hopefully that's going to motivate him for looking ahead to his senior year next year. But, uh, yeah, we got a lot going on, brother. A lot going on. And we got a busy show today. Wes Johnson going to be with us later. Bulldog beat the Bulldog baseball coach. Looking forward to having Wes on as they start the season coming up tomorrow. I remember those days. Game number one, coming up tomorrow. Wes Johnson with us today at 1035. Right now, though, you know the drill, man. We got the big take. Bucks, big take. Falcons' new offensive coordinator was forced to go in front of the media yesterday. Not many of these coaches enjoy it. Most of the media, a bunch of knucklehead know-it-alls who don't know what good quarterback play is. I'm just saying. But it is important to make a good first impression. Probably Zach Robinson would like to be a head coach one day. So this is all part of the process. 
You know, the most important thing Zach Robinson spoke about yesterday was the Falcons quarterback search. And this is a process. He knows that. Right now, he says they are, and I quote, evaluating everybody, which means he's evaluating and looking at video of Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter. Zach also said that all options are on the table, meaning free agency, trades, the draft. What are the Falcons looking for in their new quarterback? Well, Zach told us yesterday in the press conference, one, a competitive personality. A guy that's never satisfied. He's showing up ready to go to work every single day trying to get better. Also a guy that can make all the throws. Hey, this is professional football, man. you got to be able to make all the throws. Short, intermediate, to deep. Zach saying also they're looking for a quarterback that's an elite processor. Boy, isn't that the truth? So much going on before the snap and then after the snap in professional football for the quarterback. I mean, you got these defenses, they're showing you one look before the snap and then the snap of the ball. You got another coverage coming at you. So you got to be able to process information quickly at the quarterback spot. You got to be a good decision maker. Well, that eliminates Desmond Ritter from sticking around. I'm just saying. Yeah, you got to be a good decision maker. No doubt about it. This has got to be exciting for Zach and Raheem and the entire Falcon staff searching for the next quarterback. And let me keep it real by helping them out a little bit. Number one, you got to cut Heineke because you're going to save $7 million. You got to cut Ritter. He can't play dead on a Western or make good decisions. And let me add one more critical trait to that dream quarterback list that Zach was talking about. He didn't mention leadership. And I believe, having been down this road before, man, leadership is one of the most important qualities for a quarterback whether we're talking high school, college, or pro. you got to be able to lead. These other guys have to respect you. So, uh, you know, if there's one thing I'd add to what Zach said yesterday, I would think you got to be looking for a guy that can be a leader on the football team. And then Zach and the Falcons are going to be heading up to the Combine. Uh, we got that underway in less than two weeks. There are going to be 14 quarterbacks ready to audition up in Indianapolis at the Combine, 14 of them. So I'm sure the Falcons are making plans to get to know Jaden Daniels and Drake May and Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. and J.J. McCarthy. I didn't mention Caleb Williams because he's he's going to be the first quarterback off the board. He'll be the first pick of the draft. I'm just anticipating the Falcons won't move up to number one to get him. Zach Robinson's new Falcon system, can he, uh, that, that system that he's bringing in can accommodate the different skill sets, whether you're a pocket guy or a mobile guy or a combination of both. Zach also knows the Falcons have a head start in surrounding the next quarterback with players. They got playmakers, man. 
I mean, you got Kyle Pitts, you got Drake London, you got Bijan Robinson. And I'm anticipating Zach is going to get the ball and target these guys way better than Arthur Smith did. The process has started. The search is on. Got to get this decision right. Do so. And our Falcons might just emerge as a team on the move up. And there's your big take today. So, yeah, I settled in. I watched the press conference online uh, yesterday afternoon or last night after we got home from the track meet. Didn't get a chance to see Coach Lake's press conference, the defensive coordinator, but I understand we're going to the 3-4 scheme. And when I hear that, I'm wondering, okay, where is Grady playing on that three-man defensive line? Omenyata, we got him. He can play. All right, who's the third guy? Got a lot to figure out with the Falcons moving forward. 14 quarterbacks at the Combine. Looking forward to seeing that, brother. Seeing how that goes. All right, uh, Holloway, let's see what's popping out there. Got some news stories breaking. Let's find out what's popping. Yeah, got the Braves uh, having their first workout today. Pitchers and catchers reporting. We're going to dive into some Braves talk coming up at 1020. Leading off the next segment. We're going to dive right into that. More NFL news is uh, Shanahan has fired his defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, after one, one season on the job. 49ers coordinator Wilkes led the defense. They were number three in the NFL, allowing 17.5 points per game. And they fired him. I'd say this. I saw a stat on... ESPN this morning, and I saw them compared to Miko Ryans and Willis back to back. The numbers for I think it was points per game, yards per game, and turnovers a game, or some some or other, were nearly identical. Maybe like a point one difference in the in the numbers between them. It was nearly identical, so it made no. They literally didn't benefit them to lose them. It benefited them to gain them for getting the Super Bowl, but doesn't really do much to lose them because you're doing the, they get almost exactly the same defense. Well, and, the, and my understanding is that's what they talked to Steve Wilkes about when D'Amico Ryan's got the job down in Texas. They brought in Wilkes and said, we don't want to change anything. We want to keep the scheme the same. We want to keep the terminology the same. We want to keep the defense the same. So that's what Wilkes did. He ran the so-called 49ers defense that D'Amico Ryans was running and Salah was running that defense prior to that. So I thought that was very interesting. Wilkes, very unselfish, taking the job knowing he wouldn't be running his defense. Going to be running the D'Amico Ryans defense they ran the year before. But let's be honest here. Let's try to be real. All right, Shanahan needed a scapegoat. And here's the scapegoat right here. It's Steve Wilkes. Shanahan's saying that it just turned out it wasn't a good fit schematically. Up front, they did a really good job under Wilkes. In the secondary, they did really well. But they didn't tie it together. That's what Shanahan was saying. They didn't tie it together, the front and the secondary. And Wilkes, his specialty is working with the secondary. And then also Shanahan blaming Wilkes as far as the scapegoat thing goes with 
Mahomes running the ball in the Super Bowl. San Francisco, the 49er defense, and Steve Wilkes unprepared in defending Mahomes running with the ball. A couple of big plays, a couple of the biggest plays in in the Super Bowl. Mahomes running with a football. 49ers didn't have an answer for it. They weren't prepared for that. I mean, if you're going up against a elite athlete, an elite quarterback like Patrick Mahomes in the second half when he is down. He, I think he's only lost, what, one game in the po- one game when he was down in the yeah, second half? Yeah, he's amazing. How are you? There's really not I much you running with that trophy that. yesterday. Dude, he was, dude, Mahomes is like on another level in that second half. I mean, there's really not much else you can do. I mean, you can do all you can to protect, yeah. to go after Mahomes, but he'll just pull a magic trick and just give the ball to a receiver or drop a dime into, inside the 10-yard line. I mean, there's not really much you can do there. That's just pure, unadulterated talent on the quarterback. Well, I'd hate to be the next guy because when you're a defensive coordinator and you got fired, after you helped the team get to the Super Bowl and you were third in the league in points allowed at 17.5 and you were number five in the league out of 32 teams and forced turnovers. I mean, the, the bar is set really high, really high. Steve Wilkes, by the way, will have no problem finding another job. In fact, some of the boys at the coffee shop this morning were saying, hey, why don't the Falcons hire Steve Wilkes? I don't think Coach Lake would like that too much. That's what the boys at the coffee shop were saying. Swoop on in and hire him up. All right, that's what's popping out there. Coming back on the other side, we're going to chop it up. Braves, pitchers, and catchers, workout number one. Tell you what, I've been to 20 to 25 Major League Baseball spring training camps as a member of the media, here with the fan, uh, as a fan, and as a player in a couple of the spring training camps. My approach in all of those spring training experience has been the same. I'm going to share that with you next, what that is. You got the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Six eighty and ninety three seven, the home of the Atlanta Braves. Right here on the fan, we got you covered. Got you covered. Wes Johnson, Georgia baseball coach, will join us coming up a little later in the segment. Looking forward to having Wes on, the former Minnesota Twins pitching coach, the LSU Bengal Tigers pitching coach, now the Georgia head coach. Very excited about where he's going to take Georgia baseball. I'm looking forward to having him on the the show and looking forward to going to see Luke Bryan at Truist Park also coming up August 17th. He's a Georgia boy. He's from Leesburg. And tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Gave some tickets away Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday here on the show. And 
Had three winners. Hope they enjoy. Hope we uh, see them there. Luke Bryan, Truist Park. Get those tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Let's chop it up. Time to talk Braves. Let's chop it up. Presented by Haug Law Group, your local personal injury attorneys. HaugLawGroup.com. Braves pitchers and catchers, uh, day number one today. Boys of summer, back on the field, man. Don't you just love it? I wish I was down there right now, down in Northport. Uh, I've done this thing uh, 20, 25 times. I lost count how many times I've been down covering or uh, watching or being a part of spring training as a former minor league player. We did that. And uh, really sort of a dream come true, being a professional baseball player, going to spring training, being a part of that. And then, you know, growing up in Valdosta, we were a short drive away to, at the time, you had all the major league camps. We're down in the state of Florida, so my father, a big Cardinals fan, would load me and my two brothers up every spring. And we'd jump in that station wagon with the wood paneling on the side, and we'd head straight to St. Petersburg to see the St. Louis Cardinals. Go see the Big Red Machine in Tampa back in the day. Those were great memories, man. A little pop-up camper on the back of the station wagon. Those were great times. And then here at the fan, gosh, uh, me and Kincaid went down and covered the Braves down in Orlando at Disney for what seemed like about 18 years. So we've been there and done that. And, you know, from the time that I was a young baseball fan into playing the game and now into as a a member of the media, that part of the deal, my approach heading to spring training has always been the same. There was a short list of players that I needed to put my eyeballs on. I needed to go see immediately. Day number one, I'm going to go search these dudes out. I've got to examine these guys and uh, get a little bit better idea of what some of these newcomers are all about. So my list, I'm going to share with you right now for the Atlanta Braves. Number one on the list, any guesses on who I'd want to go see first, Holloway? Uh, You're going to say Chris Sale? Probably. Uh, the new guys, yeah, I'd say Chris Sale's again. He's a fun, he's be a fun pitcher to watch, I'll tell you what. Yeah, here's the thing, man. I've got Acuna Jr. Yeah, I was going to be my, my next guest. Because, and you know why? I mean, this guy, he's the reigning MVP in the National League. And I've got Ronald Acuna Jr. as one of the top players in the world today. How lucky are we here in Atlanta to have a world-class player like Ronald Acuna Jr. putting on the uniform? Last year, he played 159 games. I mean, there was no load management with Ronald Acuna Jr. You could count on him being in the lineup, just like seeing uh, or counting on Henry Aaron being in the lineup every day, Uh, like Dale Murphy being in the lineup every day, Chipper Jones being in the lineup every day. We are so blessed to have one of the top performers in the world today when it comes to baseball under a long-term contract with the Atlanta Braves. And I tell you what, Acuna Jr., I know it may sound crazy, but I'm thinking he might be better than he was last season. And after the 70-40 season he had last season, holy cow, that's saying something, honestly, because that was a career year for Ronald. And I say that because when you look at his 
Uh, most barreled balls, uh, the balls that you hit hard. He was barreling that ball up at a rate and a rate that was really unbelievable. He hit 337, looking at his batting average last season, 337. But with the barreled up rates and the fact that a lot of those hard hit balls went right at somebody. I mean, that average translates into 357. He was an involuntary baseball tattoo artist last year, that's for sure. So, yeah, Cunha, man. Got to go see him first. Just say, okay, look at him. Put your eyeballs on him and say, okay, there's one of the best baseball players in the world today. Right there, look at him. Look at him running around. Look at him swinging the bat. Man, that's awesome. All right, number two on the list, man, I got Chris Sale, number two. And you know what jumps off the page at me is Chris Sale, first year with the Braves, coming in uh, from the Red Sox, is they list him at 6'6", 185. And that really piques my curiosity. I need to go put my eyes on Chris Sale. Do you know any guys that are 6'6", 185? I don't think Chris Sale's 185. I know he's a little bit skinny, but he's not that skinny, brother. I don't know anybody 6'6", six, six, this 185. So I'd want to go look at him first, thinking, okay, is he really that skinny? And then I'd want to tell him, look, uh, calm down, man. We need you come postseason time. All right, don't do too much too soon. I know you're healthy. You got a thumbs up to come into spring training and do anything you want to do. Hey, let's, let's back off a little bit. We need you come postseason time. Number three on the list is one of the mean guys. We got to get back in there, man, because the last at last check, the last time we saw him, he was helping close out that World Series in 2021. He was a guy that sat down the Dodgers in the NLCS and got us to the World Series, and that's Tyler Matzik. Literally the most magical moment in Braves baseball history. My goodness. He came on, I went back and watched this the other night against the Dodgers. We brought him in in the eighth inning. Nobody out in two on. We had a two-run lead. I think a runner was on third, wasn't there? Second and third. And he went one, two, three to and get it, out of the inning. And then came back in the next inning and went one, two, three in the next inning. You remember who he was facing, too? One of yeah. them was Albert Pujols. And that was that's dangerous in itself, facing one of the best batters of Mookie all time. Betts, Mookie too. Betts, Mookie yeah. Betts, yeah. Uh, if Mookie would have knocked one in the outfield, it would have tied a game. But Matzik just came in there and cleaned house. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a high-leverage situation, uh, a stone-cold killer. So I think, as I mentioned earlier this week, this is one of the most important players on the Braves team, Tyler Matzik. So Got to get him back in there. Side note, anybody else feel bad for Luke Jackson after like seeing him in the uh, dugout after he put those runners on? Then you see him kind of just get a sigh of relief when he... I uh, when Matzik, well. Oh, my God. I felt bad for Luke just watching him in the dugout. I'm that just game. thrilled we got Matzik back oh, in there too. coming off that elbow surgery. And, and I would just need to put my eyes on him to see him like warming up. Not even pitching off the mound. Just to look and see, okay, hey, man, that arm looks good. Hey, that elbow looks fine. It looks healthy. We're going to be good, man, with Matzik back in that bullpen. Number four on the list is one of the new guys like Chris Sale. Jared Kelnick, the new left fielder. So Rosario, uh, Eddie Money has moved on. And he was he was one of the worst defenders in the league at, out in left field. They 
We basically told Rosario, look, just put your back on the wall and then play everything in front of you. Kelnick comes in, an accomplished outfielder. This guy's a really good defender. So let's start there. Defensively, this might be the best outfield in baseball defensively with Acuna in right, Harris in center, Kelnick in left. So defensively, we're looking good. I can't wait to see this guy swing the bat. And I just get the feeling that he's going to be a little more comfortable. Kevin Seitzer, our hitting coach, uh, great job with a lot of these guys. He's going to help Kelnick out, quit chasing so many balls out of the strike zone, relax. We're not asking you to hit third or fifth in the lineup. He's going to be hitting somewhere seventh or eighth in the lineup. He's got some pop, left-handed stick. Hey, I heard Anthopolis talking about him on the locker room show, driving in this morning. Really good job by the locker room show. Had home team and Michaels and Fenner and Pepperin, double A with questions. They brought up uh, Kelnick, and here's what Anthopolis was saying about him. He's young. He's got upside, highly touted prospect. He's got big raw power. He's got some swing and miss to, to his game. But again, he's still young, and we think that still can improve. But you know, the biggest thing is he can be a very good defender in, in the corner. Um, he's got great tools. He can run. He can throw. Uh, he's got power. So, you know, look, he hasn't been able to put it together yet at the big league level over the course of the full season. He's had spurts, and when it's been good, it's been tremendous. And the question is, you know, can we get that over six months rather than six weeks? Sure hope so. I mean, our lineup is as deep as any lineup in baseball, brother. And hopefully Kelnick's going to add to that. And then finally, on my short list of things I would have to see on day number one down at spring training with the Braves is to go see the Braves' number one prospect from Thomasville, Georgia. Went to school and played for the Florida Gators Road Dog. Don't hold it against him. Drafted in the first round by the Atlanta Braves last season. And Waldrop, he ran quickly. So when you're coming out of a college program and you get drafted and then you sign, really you're only playing like the second half of the minor league season. And he started off at low A in Augusta, had three starts there. Then they promote him to Rome, which is high A for the Braves. He had three starts in Rome. They promote him to double-A Mississippi. He has one start at double-A Mississippi and look really good. And then they promote him to triple-A Gwinnett, and he gets one start there before the season ended. So he made the climb all the way through the Braves minor league system in a half a season. I'm excited about Waldron, man. This kid is supposedly a... Supposedly supposed to be a phenomenal pitcher, and I'm very given the fact that, like you said, his meteoric rise to the minors. I'm excited to see if he can make the bullpen this season and start out there to get warmed up to the big league level, and then jump into the uh, starting role like Spencer Strider did when he came up. So I'm this guy could pr- be a huge addition to the uh, starting rotation coming late in the season. Yeah, he pitched 29 innings and struck out 41 guys, and he's got some filthy stuff. He features a two pitch combination. He's got a fastball that sits at 95, sits at 95. So he's got the heater. He's got the splitter, which is a plus-plus pitch, uh, mid to upper 80s. He's throwing that splitter. So as a hitter, you're thinking, here comes the fastball, and then the bottom falls out of it. And you swing and miss, and you go, well, that's nasty. 
That is filthy. He also mixes in a curve and a slider. And here's what's important for Hurston Waldrop this year. Full year in minor league uh, baseball. And we're probably going to see him come up during the course of the season and get a couple of spot starts here in Atlanta. We're going to get some people dinged up. Might need Chris Sale to take a little breather. And so I'm just guessing we're going to see Waldrop come up during the season and get a couple of starts. And he needs to polish up his command on the curve and the slider. Because if he can do that, then it eliminates the major league hitter sitting on his fastball. So that's going to be a key thing for him. And then looking ahead to 2025, might be replacing Freed in that rotation looking ahead to next year. Hey, it's time for the Bulldog Beat. The fans got a Georgia Bulldogs national champion on the beat. 25-20, far sideline, 15-10-5, get in there, touchdown! is the Bulldog Beat with Buck Balloon. Presented by Georgia's own credit union and attorney Ken Nugent. Let's bring on Wes Johnson, the new head baseball coach at the University of Georgia. He joins us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Exciting times, Wes. We get the season underway. Man, I can't wait. I'm fired up. I can't wait to load up the boys and come over there and, and cheer you guys on. Well, I appreciate it, and thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no, we're really excited over here. The guys are uh, uh, they're ready to go. Um, as I've said a couple of times, they're, they're tired of playing each other. It, you know, it, it's got a little bit of that football vibe where that spring part, that uh, early fall practice is over, and you're ready for game one. You're tired of beating up on your, your own guys on both sides of the ball, and, and that's, that's where we are. Our guys are ready to go, and they're excited. 17 transfers, 10 freshmen. That freshman class ranked number seven. Uh, my research is telling me, Coach, uh, what do you expect to see when you pull the curtain back tomorrow? Well, yeah, I, th- I expect to see, you know, a lot of guys doing a lot of different things. Uh, you know, as we've got 16 position players right now, and, and you know, when the, when the weekend's over, you could look at either all 16 of those that have started and, you know, started a game or have played in a game. Um, so a lot of versatility, a lot of guys locked in, uh, knowing that maybe they didn't start a game, but they could finish the game in the field. And then just our pitchers being able to come in and, and uh, you know, understand their matchup and be successful when we put them in the game. Saw a video uh, when you got the guys together and getting ready to start practice a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, and saw you telling the group, telling the players that, uh, as far as the goals go for the season, that everything is out there. You've got an opportunity to go get it, basically. That was the message. I just love that. Uh, a year ago, it was a little disappointing, 29 and uh, 27, 11 and 19 in the SEC. Uh, that message, I love that message, Coach. Uh, go make it happen. Everything's out there for you. Yeah, I know it is. I mean, and you know, you've covered this league, played in this league, um, you go back to two years ago when, you know, Ole Miss was the last team in and won, I think, 13 or 14 league games, and then they won a national title. That's how good this league is, and that's how much talent is in this league. And and so when you look at talent, I mean, in, in my mind, we have, you know, if not the best player in college baseball, one of the best and in Charlie Condon, and then we've got some pieces to go around him. And so – you know, as I've been fond of saying, if, if you don't ever talk about it, if you don't start to think about it, how can you ever believe you can do it? 
And, you know, so, yeah, we, we talk about our goals out there and, and winning and, and taking series and getting better each week. And, and it's like I tell them, every team that starts the season in our league has the capability of going to Omaha. And if we don't talk about it and start thinking about it, we'll, we'll never be able to do it. I had a chance to spend some time with Charlie Condon during the off season, And, man, I was so impressed with this young guy. Really enjoyed talking with him, coming off a big season. He'll be playing first. Uh, you're going to play him at first exclusively. Will he play some outfield? How will that shake out? Charlie's going to be all over the field. He, you know, the, he, you could see him start tomorrow at third base. Um, and then you'll see him in, in left field, center field, and right field. And, and you know, we all know he, he's, he's an elite defender at first base and can really do that. I think the biggest thing about Charlie that, that probably people don't know is how good of an athlete he really is. Um, he, he can play, like I said, I mean, if I'm sitting here telling you he can play center field, uh, and, and I was fortunate enough when I was in, you know, with the Minnesota Twins, in my mind, to see the best center fielder in the game in Byron Buxton, who's from Georgia, uh, you know, and then me tell you that Charlie can play center field, then, then, then he's a good athlete because uh, center field's a very important position as far as I'm concerned and from a defensive standpoint. But Charlie's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, we know what he can do. He, he plays right-handed batter's box really well, um, but he can also move around the field. So you'll see him everywhere. Coach, what about the pitching? That's your expertise. Twelfth in the SEC last season, ERA about six and a half. You got enough pitching this year? Uh, we have enough pieces. We're, we're going to have to do it. You know, we, we, we're going to have to mix and match. When you look at our staff, uh, of all the pitchers we have, the, you know, the 20-plus the guys we have right now, only four of those guys have ever gone more than five innings in a Division One baseball game. And so with that being said, you know, I think our, our, our biggest thing that we'll have to lock into or that I'll have to lock into is, is when is that journey a tick too long for a guy and getting him out of there instead of trying to push him to maybe, you know, get to that sixth inning or that seventh inning. Uh, they just haven't done it yet. So, you, you know, it's, in, it's, it's more than just building them up, right? Uh, meaning from a pitch count standpoint, they've got to learn how to navigate a lineup that second, third time through as well. And so I think what you'll see early from the pitching and, and hopefully, you know, some of these guys develop and continue to, you know, to be able to go deeper in the games. But early you'll see a lot of three and four inning starts and then we'll, we'll mix and match for another two or three innings and you'll see a lot of guys throw. Coach, some great competition in the SEC. I'm sure your competitors looking forward to matching up. Three of the top five, five of the top ten, seven of the top twelve in Baseball America's preseason top 25 are from the SEC and looking to get Georgia uh, in there during the course of the season. What, what about this gauntlet in the SEC? It is, uh, you gotta, I guess if you want to uh, be the best, you got to beat the best, right? No, 100%. I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, you know, it's it's your measuring stick all the way around. It's it's measuring, obviously, your current team. But then when you started looking at recruiting, uh, you know, what kind of players we need to make sure we're bringing in to compete at those levels. But, yeah, I mean, you look at our schedule, we've got 24 opponents and nine of them, you know, are currently ranked in the top 25. So we'll be battle-tested before we get into league play, I I, I believe. But then once you get in there – uh, it's about being consistent. I, I told our team the other day, I said in 2016, uh, we, I was at Mississippi State. We won the league outright. We won the overall division title and uh, 
we got swept at home one weekend. And it's just, it's what happens. And so being able to be consistent in this league from a mental stand, you know, standpoint is huge. Uh, and so we work a lot on that. And, but yeah, that, that's the only way you can do it. You, you got to understand that you, you could, you could catch a team that's really hot in our league and it doesn't matter what you do. They're, they're just playing good ball. And, and then we're going to go into a place and we're going to be really hot and people are going to think we're not supposed to win or whatever, you know, and then we, we go in there and sweep. So um, it's just being able to stay consistent and ride that flow. Coach, before you came on, I was talking about the Braves down in spring training, pitches and catchers getting underway, uh, working out today, and talking about the number one prospect, Hurston Waldrop out of Florida. I'm sure you've seen him. Uh, can you give us a little scouting report on what you saw out of Waldrop? Yeah, yeah, we saw him in the national title series last year. Um you know, even uh, really, really good uh, fastball, and then he's able to play uh, his. Uh, I think he calls it a split. It could be a changeup in his mind, but either way, it, you know, it's a split or a change, and it's really, really good. Um, I think the thing that's going to help him is his command. I mean, when, when he's going well, and the Braves farm system is one of the best in, in, in all of baseball at that level, uh, they'll get his command to tick better. Um, which is good now, but no, th- th- this guy could, could fly through a system pretty quick. Uh, he's got swing and miss stuff and, uh, he's got enough fastball and he's got enough off speed to, you know, to get up there quick. Well, coach, best of luck this weekend as you get the season underway, looking forward to getting over there and saying hello sometime soon. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Buck and go dogs. Wes Johnson, who had baseball coach at Georgia, ready to get this season started, man. Really excited about where he's going to take this Bulldog baseball program. Hey, big news in college football. I'll hit it next. You got the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. to the Buck Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Click and watch. Hey, everybody. And get that fan mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming. Beaver Direct, fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. And we've got our 23rd annual Strikeout Leukemia Lymphoma Radiothon coming up tomorrow. And we're going to be live at Beaver Toyota and Cumming, just a uh, driver in a three-wood from our home. Looking forward to uh, being a part of that. And we just want to thank our generous support from you listeners for making this happen over the 23, uh, 22 prior years. We've raised over $2 million to support the vital work of the Le- uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. 
So tune in tomorrow for the 23rd Strikeout Leukemia Lymphoma Radiothon as all the shows will be broadcasting live from Beaver, Toyota, and Cummings. For more information on how to make your donation and for incentive items available uh, for donations the day of tomorrow, uh, visit 680thefan.com now. All right, let's get to that college football story. Big one. Mm, tasty. <laughs> Time for the college football nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Hey, Road Dog, hit me up on the way down today. Matt Zenitz from 24-7 Sports had it on Twitter on X. And here it is. Wait for it. Wait. Georgia State Panthers head coach Sean Elliott reportedly jumping to Shane Beamer's staff at South Carolina. Going to be the tight end coach, reportedly. You got Sean Elliott, who's done a fine job at Georgia State, if you ask me was entering the final year of a three-year contract at Georgia State that was paying him seven hundred and fifty grand. Wonder what was going on. Uh, surprised they hadn't re-upped with him. Had to be something going on there. And the tight end coach, uh, assistant coach, position coach at South Carolina, you're roughly making that same amount of money. Maybe uh, Sean Elliott thinking there wasn't a... Uh, bright future for him at Georgia State. It was coming to an end. And it was time to make the jump. Well, maybe it's, I think it was just a matter of time before he got called up to a bigger role. Mainly because, just look at what he did at Georgia State. He's done some good stuff down there. I mean, he took him to multiple bowl games. He beat Tennessee on the road. I mean, Sean Elliott's a good coach. And uh, I think it was just a matter of time before he got called up to the big leagues. Yeah, I took Braden down to his high school football camp last summer. And I was really impressed just watching Sean Elliott do his thing. And there must have been 150 kids there. And he was in total control, man. Really impressive. So I think the big question right now is uh, who's going to replace Sean Elliott at Georgia State? And after a little investigative report, Road Dog was saying that Georgia wide receiver coach Brian McClendon was a finalist for that job when they presented that to Sean Elliott. When Elliott got the job, Brian McClendon, one of the finalists. Road Dog? Yeah, my sources down on, uh, at Georgia State, a.k.a. PantherTalk.com, <laughs> told, me those, told me that information. And uh, I'd hate to lose him, but I'd be happy for him to be able to get that opportunity if it's what he wants. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, Kirby's, he's, he's paying Brian McClendon uh, over twice that much. So I'm guessing McClendon making somewhere around a million and a half, somewhere around there. Great recruiter. Been a lifelong friend with his dad, Willie McClendon, all SEC running back. We were on the coaching staff together at Valdosta State. Played together in the USFL down in Jacksonville. And I've known Brian since he was in diapers. He's the interim head coach at Georgia and at Oregon. So he's gotten a taste of it. 
uh, look, if it comes down to money, he's probably making more money right now as a receiver coach than he would at Georgia State as the head man. There's no doubt that he is probably with Georgia, uh, knowing what Kirby pays his assistants. But the, what do you can you put a price on opportunity? And is this the opportunity for McClendon to be the guy? I know he's done it in yeah. interim spots. Can you win big at Georgia State? Well, I think Sean Elliott had something going at Georgia State. They, you know, they won their first six games of this past season, then they all kind of fell off. But we got um, our ass kicked today. You can, I think, uh, put something together there. But my biggest question, and and Buck, love to hear what you think about this. Is I'm worried more for Sean going to South Carolina. I think Beamer is on a hot seat this this yeah. season. Elliott's already been there. He was on Steve Spurrier's, Spurrier's staff, staff not too long ago at South Carolina. I just think maybe you're going there, and then that, that coaching staff could get blown out after this season if it goes bad again. All right, let's get to the final word. Don't want to be late. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955. All right, I mentioned, man, we're busy right off the top of the show. Uh, yesterday, we went and saw Braden, our oldest son, a senior in high school. He's now on the track team at South Forsyth. And we went to Wesleyan to see the first track meet of the season. He's running the 100 and the 200 meter. And there were like 43 guys that ran the 200 meter. And Braden, I think, was ninth out of the 43. So we're off to a pretty good start. Let me just say Central Gwinnett has got some stars on their track team. A lot of fun seeing that yesterday. is. Kelly and I are staying busy, brother. Looking forward to the track season now. All right, that's going to do it for me. Uh, hey, by the way, the Chili Dip Open at Bears Best next Friday sold out. Sold out. I want to thank Bears Best for playing host. We got Kroger, Ted's Montana Grill, Harris Cherokee Casino and Resorts, all part of it. Appreciate them very much. Looking forward to teeing that up next Friday. Nick and Chris coming up next. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash john. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, sandwich lovers. Today is your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open. Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner. 